0: A1 Custom Car
1: Care. All right. Good morning and welcome. You've got Miss Sarah and Dustin in here. Sarah, how are you doing this morning? I'm well. You had an interesting uh, show topic. What are we going to talk about today?
0: Well, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Turkey Day. Yes, I'm pretty excited about it. And I was just kind of curious, you know, what are people are going to be... Like, when are they going to travel? How many people are traveling? That's true.
1: How much is it going to cost to travel?
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah,
1: not uh, near like what it was a couple of years ago. I think it was like a dollar forty, like, less than two years ago. Yeah. Crazy. All right, I'll, I'll get off that soapbox before I get upset. But the long and short of it is it's going to cost you money. Um, there's always a little bit, I don't want to say risk of traveling, but when you do something different than what you have normally with your vehicle... Um, I have this kind of like hundred mile—I don't want to say rule—but anytime you've got a car that it, you're normally using within a hundred miles, typically it's you know not going to show you a lot of issues. It's that past a hundred mile mark, and for us in Springfield, that's roughly—I uh, think it's uh, Fayetteville if you're going south from Springfield, Missouri, and if you're going kind of northeast, that would be roughly Rolla. And so that's a pretty big, uh, you know, circle, if you will. But what I'm getting at is that's where your car, if there's a weak link, is going to typically show it to you. So if you've got tires that are a little bit older, after 100 miles, that's where they're going to start to fatigue and actually have issue. If you've got fluids that haven't been taken care of, you know, they're going to do fine in that under 100 miles but once you have that sustained driving and you get past that, that's really where they start to work. So that's going to be a big thing to consider. You need to make sure that your tires are in decent shape. Um, all, I check our inflation a lot. I typically set tire pressure or at least check it before we leave, which I think is kind of a gimme. But I also, anytime we stop on the road, whether I get fuel or we eat or we get out of the car and stretch, whatever it is, I walk around the vehicle and I put my palm on the sidewall of the tires. Uh, You know, you can be the old tire kicker like everybody used to, and I do that as well. That'll tell you a lot. But what the palm on the sidewall of the tire does, and I do this with my trailers as well. So this is pretty much tires across the board. When we stop, and I've been running it, you know, for, you know, maybe, you know, 50 to 100 miles, and we stop for whatever it is, if I have an underinflated tire, that tire will be significantly warmer due to the increased friction uh, and rolling resistance of the tire being underinflated. Now, maybe some of you out there think I'm going way, way too far on explaining this, but I explain it like this because it's really important because the amount of people that A, I see broke down on the side of the road with blown or, or flat tires, and B, the amount of people that I stop and help on the side of the road with tire problems. It is a pretty normal occurrence. And a lot of times if you would ID the issue before that happens, then you don't have to be changing it on the side of a busy and dangerous road. It's very, very important. I hate ta- I hate changing tires on the side of the interstate. It is unbelievable. And even if you're um, thankfully one of our roadside assistance folks out there, It's a dangerous dang job. People do not move over, nor do they pay attention to you a lot. And you will see people, you know, wander and unfortunately hit people that are sitting um, when they don't expect somebody to be there because they're not paying attention is the most common cause. But that's one of the biggest failures that folks have, Uh, you know, extra fuel or making sure that you've got fuel. I'm not a big proponent of carrying extra fuel, but not running it down to the nitty-gritty. Usually when I get close to a quarter tank, that's kind of my point that I decide that, hey, we need to refuel. Whether it's on a trip or not, I don't want to run that fuel pump lower to where it exposes the pump. The gasoline in the tank is actually the coolant for the electric motor that drives that. So what happens a lot of times and when the come and go there at Fort and Sunshine used to be in our parking lot now it's moved across the street. I would see this from time to time, not like a whole bunch, but several times a year where folks would show up to fill up fuel and the car would not restart afterwards. And what had happened and what the why it stopped right there is they had constantly run the vehicle low on fuel so the pump got hot. And then you shock the fuel pump with a cool or cold uh, fuel, and that electric pump doesn't tolerate the temperature shock. And so when it goes to reinitialize and start back up, it doesn't get the windings running anymore, and then they're stuck right there at the pump. And so different, you know, sometimes people have it towed home, sometimes we'd fix it. It just depended on, you know, what they wanted at the time, but I see that time and time again. So... My threshold on fuel is always a quarter tank. I typically don't want to run it any lower than a quarter tank because I don't want to get in a situation um, to where I damage a fuel pump. Now, a fuel pump's not a easy fix if you're a do-it-yourselfer, nor is it a cheap fix if you have a repair facility do-it either. And the, the other thing I need to throw in there is if you're a do-it-yourselfer or you have a repair facility, you cannot or should not... Put a cheap, inexpensive pump in there. So, I had an instance here a while back where you know they needed an OE, or which stands for original equipment pump, and and that's what we had had you know quoted for them. And they came back with, "Uh, well, I can get one on such and such website for like sixty eight bucks." And I'm like, "Look, that's a waste of time for you and me both. Maybe it'll start, and maybe it'll run for a little while, and maybe it won't." But I have zero faith that that sixty-eight dollar pump that is that is many many hours to change it is going to be worth our time putting it in. Maybe you saved a dollar or two today, but it cost you big time when it left you stuck somewhere else. And I just basically explained that to the customer. I said, "Look, if you're looking for your car to be fixed, that is what we do at A1 Custom Car Care." And in order for us to do it, we are going to select where we get the parts from and source it, and we're also going to stand behind it if, God forbid, you do have an issue, whether you're here in Springfield or Republic area or you're out in Florida somewhere, we're still going to be there to cover it. this is how we're going to do it and that $68 pumps not going to be a good uh option for us. So as we take those trips, we sure don't want to discover the weak links while we're on the trips. The other thing that I do a lot, not to revert back to tires. I talk to tire, I talk about tires a lot, but that's a big uh cause of folks being stranded or broke down. I've had that happen. I remember one time when we were a kid, we traveled up north to the St. Louis area. And we picked up a piece of road debris, and it essentially ruined a perfectly good tire. Um, and We had a four-wheel drive vehicle, so you don't just put you know a tire on there, depending on the tread difference. And so we waited hours and hours and hours because it was a holiday weekend in order to get that tire taken care of so we could get back home. Um, that's, that's something nobody wants to do. So having a good quality spare and making sure it's inflated and in decent shape— the date codes in decent shape uh is going to be very very important god forbid you do have an issue having a good jack as well uh tire tool equipment whether it's a four-way or a breaker bar or what i prefer to do is a cordless impact you don't have to be super physically fit or strong in order to do it with a cordless impact uh, but that's kind of a big big deal so sarah did we cover everything did i leave anything out
0: I think so, and I pulled an article from AAA about Thanksgiving travel, and it's got quite a bit of information in it. You might have already covered some of it, but just in case you did, AAA predicts that 53.4 million people plan to travel for the Thanksgiving holiday, and that's up 13% from last year. Nice. Well, that's good.
1: People are getting out.
0: Yes, I think so. Now, out of those 53.4 million, 48.3 million are traveling by car
1: wow yeah so the majority of it they're they're taking and driving themselves
0: yes it says 90 percent of people plan to travel by car as their preferred mode of travel and i also found this kind of interesting Mm -hmm. if you're like me i'm one of those people i like to rent a car especially if i'm going to travel a long distance and uh, so they mention car rentals and if Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. you be prepared because you might pay a little bit more we've talked about car rentals and them being a little bit more pricey Mm AAA says that daily car rentals have increased 4% compared to last Thanksgiving. It's around $98 more to rent a vehicle. Okay. And um, it says that their shortage of daily rental cars is not as bad as it was in the summer, but oh, it could get worse again around the holiday season. So you need to
1: be careful about inventory. Yeah, so
0: if you plan on renting a car later this week, or even if you're thinking about getting one this week, make sure that they have what you're looking for. For sure. Yeah, don't uh, don't, don't put it off.
1: Yeah, don't assume that there's going to be availability <laughs> like yeah. it used to.
0: Now. Get this. This is Uh-oh. something you were talking about. Uh-oh. AAA says they respond to over 400,000 people for help over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Wow. A lot of the reasons are the vehicles that they are using oftentimes are their own vehicles mm-hmm. and they don't do like a little mini inspection yep. before they go. They don't check their fluids, they don't check their tires, and oftentimes they don't have a spare tire like you were mentioning mm-hmm. earlier or they don't have like the extra little things that they need. Yeah. If they do break down on the road. So that's kind of where AAA comes into play. But that's also where A1 Custom Car Care Mm -hmm. can come into play, too. For sure. Before you leave, do that little mini inspection. Check your battery. Check your fluids. All of that good stuff.
1: So we had a couple of kids that have got into the driving field out there. And so we spent a lot of time with them you know, making sure that they knew what was going on. And the tools for the jack um, or changing the spare tire was one of the things I wanted to go over. And I actually went and Harbor Freight has a really good aluminum lightweight jack. And I basically buy one each time and put it in their car, not necessarily for them, but whoever stops and helps them or if they do need it, that is a very, very good addition to make that a lot easier and a lot safer. But we're gonna take a break. We're gonna continue the travel discussion after this.
0: There's a stretch
1: of black top. I ain't never seen a cop, so I'm pushing it a little past ten. Pulled a little money from the bank, put it in the tank. Shined Welcome back. We've got Sarah Dustin, Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Hopefully uh, giving you some insight or Maybe just uh, some ideas, maybe, before you get to travel. And Sarah, you were referencing, there's a bunch of folks traveling.
0: Yeah. AAA says over 48.3 million alone are traveling by automobile.
1: That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a lot of miles. Yeah,
0: no kidding. Uh, Luckily, I'm not traveling. Are you traveling? No,
1: we're going to hang out around town, I think. We got our turkey bought and getting ready and hopefully we get good weather for it
0: hopefully so fingers crossed well we haven't talked about congestion Mm -hmm. uh drivers will experience the worst congestion heading into the holiday weekend so right now so, if you're traveling, be yeah, careful be careful. Out be ready. There. But they also have the best and worst times to travel oh, throughout yeah. the day. You need now, to
1: lay that on us.
0: Today, the worst time to travel, according to AAA, is from 2 to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. The best time, if you're in your vehicle right now, you're doing the right thing because before noon is the best time. Now, for Sunday, they say 1 to 7 p.m. is the worst time to travel. But once again before noon on sunday that is the best time to travel nice so that's a little insight for you if you're prepping for a, a thanksgiving trip
1: for sure so sarah i'm gonna lay some like travel nerdness on you sure did you grow up have you ever been around any cb radios
0: you know what? Uh yes and no. Okay. So my dad used to be a truck driver. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So you do have some exposure to it. Yeah,
0: then. V- very little though. Okay. Uh because my dad was a truck driver went up until I was probably like ten or twelve. Oh. Okay. But I did go with him on several trips over the summers. Nice. Yeah, when I was out of school. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, we did have a CB radio that he, he had taken out of one of his trucks uh-huh. that I was having some difficulties. And he ended up fixing it. And we did have it for a little while. And he showed me how it worked nice. and everything. But, yeah, not a lot of exposure to one, though.
1: Well, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I've got a good buddy of mine. He's into it big time. Yeah, I mean, it's so he hooked me up with a, a unit that's a really cool old, older vintage unit. And so the, the reason that it even came up is him and I both travel quite a bit. We've got stores that are roughly 100 miles. And what we ran into – is that we would get in a situation where, you know, there was nothing on the news, really no way, and you'd get trapped in traffic. You wouldn't know which lane you were supposed to be in if you could detour around it. And so he kind of got this spark and got into it. And I thought it was cool. I've always thought it was cool. I mean, my favorite movie of probably all time is Smokey and the Bandit. And everybody knows that CB Radio was pretty much a character in that movie. Um, so I got it hooked up a couple weeks ago, and it has been a godsend for me. Um, There's a lot of times I do a lot of towing, uh, especially as we're going to St. Louis, more often than not, we're bringing our camper back and forth and having a CB radio for me to know which lane I need to merge in or out of. If there's road construction or God forbid somebody broke down or an accident, that CB radio to be able to talk to some of the drivers around me immediately real time has been so awesome. It really, really has been. Now, it's a little bit of an addicting hobby because once you get it, you're like, oh, man, I want a cooler antenna and I want to blah, blah, blah. So he says that uh, CB stands for constantly buying, but uh, it definitely is a hobby that I really enjoy. And I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but the travel communication is really, really important. Um, So I'm nerding out on you a little bit, but I think it's pretty neat.
0: That's okay because I'm going to take us right back off topic here. Every time. I think of a CB radio. Have you ever seen the movie Joyride? I have. It has Paul Walker in yes. it. That's what I think of what I think of a CB yeah. radio. If you guys haven't seen that movie, it's like a mixture of like suspense, but it also just, I don't know why, it just has this direct line to my funny bone.
1: I'm going to have to look that up. I haven't seen it in years. It's yeah, an older it's been movie. A, it's
0: been a long time, but yeah, basically these two kids are like playing with this trucker uh, and then the trucker goes full serial killer mode and like starts hunting them down oh, yeah 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 so anyways um it's kind of like I don't know it's kind of funny in some parts but it's also like kind of suspenseful kind of serious yeah so anyways that's what I think of that's
1: uh, immediately go to joyride huh yes that's awesome but as we travel good communication is important I know you know we all have pretty much Google Maps on our phone or whatever Apple's version of Google Maps is. Um, that's pretty important and they will tell you a little bit, but I find them not as accurate. Do you do the map quest thing when you guys travel?
0: I typically will use my GPS, mm-hmm. but I also have a road atlas just in case because my maps has yeah. got me in trouble several times.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You bring the road atlas up. That was a big thing when I was a kid cause it didn't exist. Uh, the Google maps kind of thing. Um, but most folks like I'm sure my kids if I showed them a map, they wouldn't have a clue how to read that map. So I need to do a better job parenting, apparently is what I'm saying. But so you have an old school road atlas, I like do. a real
0: if you got in the trunk of my car, you would see it. That's
1: awesome. Yep. I'm very impressed, Miss Sarah. That's a wonderful idea that as we travel, even if it's a normal path, um it's a few years ago, you know, everybody can pretty much make it from Springfield to St. Louis. But we run into a situation where there was a horrible accident on St. Louis and 44 was closed. And we tried to Google Maps. It wasn't Google. We tried to Apple Maps. What is the Apple Map thing called? I think
0: it's just called Maps. Just Maps. Okay. So
1: the Apple Maps, uh, we tried that and it basically just drove us into what I think would have been a future road. But the road didn't exist at this point in time. It was just this cliff around Rolla. Ugh. I was like, okay, well this isn't gonna work. So we ended up finding uh we had to back road basically roughly probably about fifty or sixty miles past the congestion that was in Rolla. And this was probably, I guess, four or five years ago. But both directions of I forty four were closed. It was an absolute mess, disaster. So even though I know that that road and the the trip very, very well, I don't need to look it up. Thank God we had a backup map system in there that we could drive around it. And we basically took a, a drive through the countryside, you know, just regular county roads to get around it even though that was a normal um, path that we go to on a very regular basis. So uh, maps would be great. I probably need to update our maps as far as like our household goes. I haven't bought any new ones in a while, and I know things do change. So I would say if they're three to four years old, you're probably good. Any older than that, you probably need to update them and make sure they're current. um, As you go through and get ready for your trip, definitely some extra water. I actually carry some extra fluids for most of us. Um, it's been many years ago and I hate to take it to story time all the time, but, um, I had an older truck. It wasn't all that great. I ended up having to go to Kansas city and pick up some things for a family member. And I was towing a trailer and on the way home, I got a little, uh, I don't know, heavy footed, I guess. And I ended up building up enough pressure, heating the transmission up enough that it pushed the front seal of the transmission out of it. This is many years ago. I was probably maybe 22, 23. And it, you know, it smoked and, and lost all of its fluid. And thankfully, I had roughly six or eight quarts of fluid. I could at least pour it in there and get to the off ramp and get off the side of the road. And I had some very, very good friends that were able to come up, pick up my truck trailer in the middle of the night. Um, We were in Nevada, Missouri, I think is where we broke down off of, uh, I think that's 71 up there. But it happens. So some extra fluids, at least to get you off to the side of the road, you know, whether it's coolant or water, power steering fluid, transmission fluid, extra oil, uh, just some little bit of extra this or that can really make a big difference for you. You don't want to get in a situation where you're on the side of the road and not have any help. And where we were at, there really wasn't a lot of things close. Uh, we had a good Samaritan pick us up, um, drive us about the next five miles. I don't even think we had cell phones back then. It's been that long ago. And we sat at a truck stop and gas station until some folks could come pick us up. So really, really big deal there. Very thankful for the good Samaritan folks out there and uh, the the friends uh, you know, that will call you. I think that was an old... Uh, old uh, country song you know you know where your friends are when you broke down basically was the gist of that song but we want to keep you as a as a good non-broken down fun enjoy your holidays enjoy the Thanksgiving part of it Um, you know Thanksgiving's kind of a cool holiday you know we appreciate how we've got here from where we've come and you sure don't want to add any stress to that kind of a deal And renting cars, I'm actually kind of a fan of renting cars. I had heard, and and this is all speculation at this point, but that hers rent a car had bought a bunch of cars from Tesla. But I think that deal kind of fell through, if I remember right.
0: I know that they've bought electric cars, Mm -hmm. at least the ones that you plug in and do all of that fun stuff. I know that because I saw a commercial for it the other day. Uh Yeah, they've got a Tom Brady in
1: it. Ah, I need to look that up, I guess. Yep. So as that things kind of change, I thought that was kind of neat. You know, I'm interested in where the automotive industry is going to go, whether it goes to EV, which is electric or all electric vehicles. Um, You know, it's coming. I think we're probably 10 to 20 years from that being mainstream. Uh, I doubt you're going to get rid of the internal combustion and the oil industry that easily, Uh, as well as they don't have the pulling or the, the pulling capabilities and power As of yet, now I know there are, I'm sure there's some folks that are going to tell me Tesla has, I think Pepsi Cola bought some uh, 18 wheelers or, you know, equivalent to pull some of their trailers around towns. I know that's coming, but before it's mainstream and dependable and the infrastructure goes into the ability to recharge that stuff. So we're down at the bottom of the hour. We'll be right back after this. (music) Somebody with a of truck sitting right outside. It's ready to roll if you're ready to rise. Yeah, like on the
0: radio
1: Alright, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car here. Talking a little bit about travel today. Um, I think we need to take a moment. Sarah, do you have that? question from the listener is that still around oh, here Oh
0: yes um I have a question from Chris Sorry Chris we didn't get to you last week we had a lot of a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. but we are here this week That's for right. you That's All right. right well Chris has a 97 Suburban mm-hmm. it has 172,000 miles on it Okay He says it would start but after I shut it off it wouldn't start again for a couple of hours He's changed out the fuel pump the fuel filter, and the fuel pump relay. It didn't solve the problem. Okay. He looked at ECM, and it appeared normal, so no apparent issues. What should he check next?
1: That's a fantastic question, and sometimes a little bit of a pain in the butt to get to the bottom of. The way I approach a you know intermittent no-start condition is it's going to take a few different things to get things going. Now, more often than not, a lot of times it is fuel-related. But what I like to do there is it's pretty inexpensive to get a fuel pressure tester. And I think on that vehicle, you may have to get a special adapter. Um, Some of the later models, they have a port set up for that. But on that one, I don't remember whether they've done that or you have to put it in where the fuel filter is. Um, But either way, you need to make sure that it is getting fuel pressure up to the engine. That's going to be the first thing. If you can safely run it on an alternative fuel when it is a crank no start, basically where it does turn over but doesn't start, see if it will start and fire on that to make sure that it is getting signal back to the tank. The tank is getting the fuel picked up, pushed up to the engine. The other thing that I check before I replace any kind of parts is spark. Um, So you're going to need to make sure that it is. uh, they make spark testers. You can get them for less than $20.00. Typically, you're going to ground one end of the spark plug lead or the wire that goes down to the spark plug. You need to be careful not to damage that wire taking it off. They are very, very easy to ruin them, and even if you do fix the truck at that point, you will have a misfire that you will have to replace the spark plug or wire in this case, depending which one was damaged. So those are all kind of things to look for, but you need to find out what you don't have. The next thing that I'm going to look at or in conjunction with the fuel pressure, the spark availability, is going to be injector pulse. Now, on that model, I believe it's uh, port fuel injected. Um so that may be a little bit more difficult if they're underneath the intake you may have to find the wire and make sure it's getting signal to it and that's going to be a pulse to power and ground to fire the fuel injectors if they're external they're a little easier to check um a lot of times I will put a noid light in there which is basically a low current uh light bulb and make sure it's able to flash the bulb that's kind of an easy way if it's under the intake it's not quite that easy a little bit of a mechanic, I guess trick if you will, if I'm if I'm interested without having to unhook anything. They make a mechanic stethoscope where sometimes you can put a long screwdriver down on the fuel injector if it's exposed. On yours, I'm not sure that it is. Uh, but this is for some other folks out there if you're dealing with a crank no start condition and listen for a very audible clicking or a tap. And that's that pintle or the electric field opening that fuel injector and moving that pintle. That's an electric solenoid that opens up, for lack of a better term, kind of to make it simple, that has an audible click if it's opening and closing. So that will typically tell you what's going on. Now, if you have a mechanical condition that is, um, you know, low compression or something, more often than not that's not a intermittent problem so you're losing one of a few things Uh, fuel which is kind of where you were going with the fuel pump Um, you're losing spark or you're losing the pulse where the fuel actually is sprayed into the engine so those are all the things that you need to be looking for again kind of as a recap if you can safely run it on an alternative fuel source and it starts You know that maybe you don't have a fuel delivery problem or you do have a fuel delivery problem where the pump's not running or the fuel injectors are not uh, signaling the uh, fuel to flow into the cylinder. Or thirdly, you don't have spark. And honestly, that's the one that I'm more leaning towards. Um, The spark tester is going to be your best friend there. Like I said, they're under 20 bucks. Um, We have some more sophisticated equipment that will give me more information, but for you kind of just checking it, that's going to be one of your best things. It should easily jump a 20,000th gap, and it should be very crisp blue. If it's red, it's dead, which basically means that red fire is not strong enough to overcome the combustion pressures inside the cylinder and can definitely cause a no-start. So after I get a twenty thousandths gap jumped and it's it's a good blue color, I usually back it off to about forty thousands and that's what I consider a stress test for the coil in the ignition system. That is a HEI or high energy ignition system. You should have no problem jumping a forty thousandths gap, and and that those numbers are typically on an adjustable spark tester that you will be able to know that your ignition system is either working or not during the no start condition. So this is you're going to have all this stuff. It's going to be working. You need to do your testing after it doesn't start. And a lot of times I'll even go maybe one step further and I will pull a spark plug during the no start condition. And I want to look at it and see whether it's fuel fouled, whether there's, that'll also kind of give you an insight if your fuel injection system's working correctly and the fuel pump is working as well. So uh, I, I think I've condensed most of that down about as small as I can. Those are all things you'll need to check If uh, if you have some information or whatever and want to share it with us, that'd be great. I'd love to know whether that helped or not. Sarah, that was a long-winded explanation. Do you think any of that...
0: Hopefully that helps, Chris. Hopefully it does. If not, Chris, you can reach back out to us, 447-5743.
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's one of our biggest things that we got going on is getting to the bottom and root cause of what is going on with your vehicles. So I I enjoy that. It can be very, very challenging and stressful sometimes, uh, especially in today's computer age. Um, There's a lot of times I'm dealing with programs and coding and all kinds of crazy stuff but in in the case that you've got going on you've got a little bit older vehicle which is a great vehicle by the way i i've had many of those suburbans over the years Um, when i was a kid that was our go-to rig we loved the suburban so definitely want to keep that one on the road i hope that helped Um, if it doesn't or whatever, like Sarah said, we can gladly pick that up on the other side. So, Sarah, you got any more travel ideas, discussions you think is important? Have you ever been broke down? I know I've asked this question, but I don't remember the answer.
0: I have. It's been several years. Um, I was driving my 2005 Dodge Stratus Mm -hmm. at the time. Oh, and I've also been broke down in my, I think it was a 2005. I had a Dodge Neon. Yep. And Boy, that car, bless its heart. (laughs) I was very lucky to get to point A to point B, looking back at it now. But yeah, I have been broke down. Uh, My Dodge Stratus, I broke down. It was approximately... like 4 15 mm-hmm. in the morning yeah. i was on my way to work Dang. and i had almost made it to springfield i remember this yep i was on um i guess that would be considered glenstone avenue but it was shelby road at that time mm-hmm. I th- it changes like four different times i think it's hh highway 2 uh-huh. okay. and all that but uh, i was on that road so if you're familiar with that area and broke down wasn't exactly sure what was going on with it pulled over I was losing speed my car was doing all kinds of weird flashing yeah. and thankfully I actually emergency called you mm-hmm. um, you call me back relatively quick I think it was probably within an hour mm-hmm. and called my mom she came and picked me up she took me to work and I got a tow truck got it taken over to A1, and uh, thankfully, I actually broke down right in front of a police officer. Oh,
1: did you really? I did. Thank God. And, Somebody was looking out for Yeah, you.
0: and he saw me, um, I was probably a half a mile that I had passed him, and he came up there, and he sat and talked to me for a little bit. He said, I noticed you were having car trouble. And I said, yeah, I am. And he goes, well, do you have somebody coming? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, i well, will sit here with you. That's so we, awesome. Yeah, it was very, very nice. I wish I would have gotten his yeah. name. But very nice. We sat there and chit-chatted. and. You know, it was kind of scary to break down at yeah. the butt crack of dawn. No kidding. So,
1: yeah. So thankful for our, all, all of our officers out there. They do a heck of a job, and that's really, really cool. I never knew that part of the story until today the that there was an officer right
0: there. Yep, he came in and checked on me, and that was very nice. That also kind of, like, eased my, uh, uh, my worries because yeah. it was, like, pitch black where I broke down. Worst place, but I was, like, on the side of a hill, and I just couldn't make it to town. I was so close, but I know. uh, So I broke down in a real kind of a scary area. It was real dark and no street lights or anything. But yeah.
1: It happens. I know, you know, even if you buy new cars, sometimes, you know, they got a little bug or something in them. It happens. And, you know, how you're prepared for, you know, and, and you can't prepare for everything. The more or the longer I go, the more like stuff I want to carry with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have all the extra stuff. Uh, you know, I run a service truck most of the time and that thing's loaded to the gills. And so when I got to go something, go somewhere in like my personal vehicle, I'm like, oh, I got to take all this stuff with me because <laughs> I'm used to having all these, uh, you know, pieces of equipment I've you know, I've been in situations where, you know, the alternator goes out and the car won't run, and I strap a battery pack underneath the hood and get get to where I need to go. But we need to take a break, and we're going to do that right now. It makes me want to take a back road. Makes me want to take the long way home Welcome back. we got just a little bit of time. We're coming up on the Thanksgiving holiday, which I'm greatly looking forward to. You know, as a kid, I don't really, I guess, at least for me, I can only speak for me. I don't understand the holidays as much, and I'm not a kid anymore, but like it was just a day off school, at least for me back then. I'm like, yeah, you know, nobody cares about, you know, Thanksgiving, but, you know, we get off school and we get to eat. But now, the older I get, I'm like, man, I'm really thankful for holidays and family and that kind of stuff. Man, I'm getting old and mushy, apparently, I guess. I don't know what my deal is. But travel is a big, big part, especially this holiday. Um, Sarah, I got a question. Are you a Black Friday person? No. No, not at all?
0: No. I've been a couple times. I liked Black Friday when it was fun. Like when you'd get up at like 4 o'clock in the Mm -hmm. morning and you'd wait in line with like 200 other people. Yeah. And it was, like, fun. But now, like, Black Friday is, like, right after you eat. Yeah. And it's, like, noon. And, or, like, I've been getting emails from Walmart, which I don't even, I'm not even signed up for their emails, mm-hmm. Walmart. What the heck? Yeah. But they've been texting me Black Friday stuff, like, this entire month. And I'm, like, what's the point? That's, it's supposed to be this fun and exciting yeah. thing that it's, you do with your family.
1: It's almost like they opened it up too much. Or yeah,
0: whatever. I think so, too, because it. Kind of loses its like excitement, and
1: you know, it was always about Christmas deals forever, it was mm-hmm. the big thing, but it is nothing to do with Christmas deals anymore. People are buying that crap for themselves, yeah. it's not that hey, I'm waiting in line to get my kids this ultra cool thing that normally I wouldn't buy them because it's absorbently overpriced. But uh, you know, the Black Friday thing's kind of neat. I don't know, I could take it or leave it, I guess. But you're right. It is not about Black Friday anymore. It's about, you know, they're having it on Thanksgiving and they're having it two weeks earlier and Cyber Monday and all that stuff. They're just kind of, I don't know, watering it all down and and making it go away. I did say that uh, uh, I I think Best Buy had some kind of deal on these uh, video cards or something here the other day. And there was a line outside of Best Buy. It was like old school Black Friday where people like lined up the night before waited in line. They made a whole like camp out part of it. It was kind of neat, you know, but I think there was a lot of brokenhearted folks that didn't get what they wanted. Uh, But, you know, I'm curious to what people think about Black Friday out there, whether it's going to be something that, uh, you know, is a big deal this year, whether it's not, whether everybody's ordering everything online. I know some of the folks had talked about that, um, you know, if there's certain things you're going to want to give as gifts for Christmas, you better be ordering it now. And I've noticed just in some of our day-to-day stuff, you know, I order certain things from time to time and, uh, you know, normally you get them in two days and sometimes you're not getting them in two or three months. So uh, definitely uh, preparing to plan is a big, big deal or, or taking action before it's it's the last minute. And that's really kind of what not just about travel or your car needs, but life in general, um, you know, not waiting until you get into a disasterful situation. In order to do something about what's going on, if things are being funny, whether it's, you know, something with your car or your house or just things in general, typically they don't fix themselves. Uh, I was describing uh, the Stephen King movie, Christine, to one of our younger uh, team members there that, you know, they're in their 20s, you know, which is kind of cool. Uh, but they had never seen that movie. And so that's the only, and I realize this is science fiction, by the way, but that's that's a rarity where a car fixes itself or a problem solves itself. Normally what happens is the problem is minor in the beginning and we put it off or we we put it low on our priority list and you think, ah, it ain't no big deal. Or, oh, I don't know what that is. Or, oh, I'll deal with that Later. And then the problem or the the malfunction escalates itself to where it puts it to the very top of our priority ladder, if you will. And that's when we have the breakdowns. That's when we have the things that leave us stuck somewhere. And nobody likes that. That is a bad spot to be. And I've been there once or twice. Uh, thankfully, I hopefully have some good karma saved up. But I've helped a lot of people that have been there over the years. And it's always really nice, Um, there was a a lady that was a little concerned, Um, she was broke down in a situation, uh, had a flat tire, and she had called AAA, and they had said it was going to be like three or four hours for her to get there, and she was just sitting there. And uh, so I, you know, walked up, I'm kind of a bigger guy, I was in uniform, so, you know, it showed that I was a mechanic, I wasn't just some random dude trying to hassle her, and I said, hey, if you want me to change the tire, I gladly will. And so she was skittish, and I said, look, this is what I do for a living. If you don't want me to, that's fine. I'll gladly go on about my day. I saw you, you know, we're having some issues, and I think in a few minutes I could have you back on the road. And so she was in a Ford Escape, so I was able to um, unroll the tire out from under the vehicle. She actually stayed in the vehicle for the first few minutes just to make sure I guess I was not some weirdo trying to to stalk her or something. Uh, But after she got a little bit more comfortable, saw that obviously, yes, this is what I do and I know what I'm doing. Uh, Within less than five minutes, her vehicle was back on the road and ready to go. And she was very, very thankful, but she was very concerned. And I could see that all over in the beginning of the the interaction. And that's uh, that's understandable, especially uh, I think she wasn't from around here and she was traveling. Picked up something on the road, got her a spare on there. And, you know, by the end of it, I could see the relief, kind of be able to let go of all that stress and angst. That That's all of us. Even when I break down, even though the automotive industry is what I do, it's still stressful. It stinks. It's a pain in the butt, et cetera, et cetera. But for folks that are not, this is a very, very big deal that are not in the automotive industry. I mean, you know, being broke down is a super stressful item Um, We had some friends of the show, actually. Um, Their wife was having some car trouble. They called the dealership, and they were not super helpful. Um, they honestly even called one of our stores and basically just said, Hey, you're going to have to get it towed in. Um, and that didn't help them either. Um, so eventually I ended up discussing with them and we were able to get to the bottom of it. And we were having that discussion. Her husband's a a very successful attorney. Most of you have heard him on Saturdays. And, uh, at, at that point, you know, if somebody comes in and sees a doctor or an attorney, that's their specialty. They know, and they're at peace with what's going on. No different than automotive repair and what I do. The, the folks that are not in that are really, really that non-knowing or unknowing of what in the heck's going on and why isn't this working for me. So you have to kind of balance that out when you're in the field. And that's what we, you know, work on as a company to say, hey, you know, bring me your problem. You know, if I've got a legal problem, I'm going to see Kyle Wyatt for sure. He's going to be my go-to because that's his expertise and field. Um, as far as automotive stuff, that's that's the problems that I want for A1 Custom Car Care. But my main focus, different than most other repair facilities, is I'm not looking to wait for you to break down. Now, I can fix it when it breaks down or it doesn't work. That's fine. We have some of the very most top-shelf folks that I've had the pleasure of being around or, or let alone working with in the industry at all three of our locations. Um. But as that goes, we want to prevent you from having the breakdowns. That's what our show's been about today. That's what most of our show's about, whether I specifically come out and say it each week that Sarah and I do our show, is that we don't want you to get to the point where you're broke down. I love our towing companies and our roadside assistance companies, etc. But how about we prevent that from being the answer? We don't have a crystal ball. I'm never going to sell you that out there. I wish I did. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but we don't cause it doesn't exist. If it was a tool that I could buy, I'd sure have it by the way, because I am a definitely a tool junkie, but I digress with that being said, if we can keep you from breaking down, that's our company's main focus. We want to do the things. And, and honestly, it's actually a, uh, less expensive, uh, proposition in order to maintain and do some preventative measures than allowing you to get to the point where it's broken it's coming in on a tow truck pretty much if you got a tow, call a tow truck normally it's a fairly expensive repair um, and that's that's not what we're about yeah we'll do it that's fine we'll fix it but I love being able to head that off on the front side I've done a lot of shows over the years talking about engineered failures and basically being the beta test when you buy a new vehicle or especially a new maker model of something, you're dealing with whatever was engineered in the design flaws of that vehicle. And, you know, as that comes out in the independent aftermarket world, which is the world we live in, it goes to a situation where we are having to solve those problems that were designed into the car. And there's a lot of folks that don't necessarily go about it in that same manner. You know, if if something's not working, they just get a new part put on there and it works until it doesn't again. I want to figure out, hey, what caused that thing to go bad and what do we do about it to keep it from happening again? There's a lot of engine platforms out there that have a lot of progressive technology to deal with fuel economy and the fuel standards, the federal government or the CAFE standards more accurately out of California. Have put on the automotive industry. And so they've taken a lot of technology that was in the racing world forever and have adapted it to our passenger car or daily commuter vehicles. And it's done some amazing things. It's not all bad by any means or stretch of the word, but it definitely takes some different care and uh, repair than normal. So, Miss Sarah, another show, another holiday. Yep. I hope you guys have a very safe and fun Thanksgiving.
0: I hope you do, too. And for those of you out there traveling, be careful. If you have any questions or comments, doesn't matter how big or small, you can shoot us a text, 417-447-5743. Or you can reach out to us on the KSGF Facebook page. Have a good weekend.
1: Absolutely. Be safe.
0: Bye.